Hi, everybody. Kurt Schlichter here with the Town Hall VIP podcast, Unredacted. That's what it's called, Unredacted, because there is no redacting. This is a redaction-free zone. Now, I am uh, continuing the living hell nightmare of trying to make this a thing where I can have guests. And I, I look, I'm still doing it. I still want you guys to believe me that someday I will pull it off. So far, I now have access to the Zoom account on uh, Town Hall, but I'm not sure exactly how to do that. So you've got another week of me just kind of sitting here. Now, this is different from the stream of consciousness, which usually I spend about uh, two hours or two hours, about 15 minutes. No, I don't even spend 15 minutes, but like 10 minutes screwing with people. And uh, that's uh, kind of what I do. But uh, hi, I'm on the I'm on the pot. Arena's here. Hey, how's it going? Hey, that's the podcast. Hi, I'll let you go. Well, what do you need? I need the second key to the car. It's up in my drawer on the left. Okay. So that's the fun. Oh, if you guys want fun, cleaning up the affairs of your dead father. Oh, I highly recommend it. It's a laugh a fucking minute. Where's the other key to the other car? The one that won't start or the one that's on fire? Um... And, of course, welcome to the fun world of Guess the Password. Because what if you have a dad who's a smart guy, he's a chemical engineer, you know, fairly savvy guy who doesn't believe in, like, leaving passwords on computers? Instead, he writes them down. But when he changes them, he doesn't update it. So we've got that going for us. That's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. And did you know that uh, companies like banks, don't freaking understand what a joint account is. But let me tell you, Law School 101, when something is held as joint property, it belongs to both people. And when one of them dies, the other owns the whole thing. A lot of people own their house in what's called joint tenancy. Okay, very common. I think my house is, I think my house is a joint tenancy. Yeah, I think it is. Well, California has kind of a weird tweak on it. But, but anyway... Um, the bank doesn't understand that. So if you've got mom and dad on the bank account and dad dies, suddenly they're like, well, we've got to shut down the account. No, it's, see, it's a joint account. It's all my mom. But, but one of the people is dead. Yes, I know. It's a joint account. A joint account. Not 420. Are you Elon Musk? Is this Cypress Hill? What's going on here? That's a marijuana joke for you squares. Okay, so anyway, so banks don't know shit. And of course, you can't get anything done without a death certificate, right? Okay, you need a death certificate to certify that he's dead. The fact that he's, you know, dead not being enough. Okay, you would think that that's something they go, well, he's dead. Give me a piece of paper. He's dead. I'm a doctor. I know these things. Okay? No, 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 no. No, it's got to take a while. It's And it's not like a big form. It's like, what's the guy's name? When did he die? What did he die of? I certify it because I'm a doctor and I know when guys are dead. Now, it, it, I, dad died on April 2nd. Okay. It's, it's Saturday. Yeah, so it is April 23rd. It is three weeks later. And I still don't have a death certificate. You would think I would have a death certificate. Oh, but it's California. California, the state of incompetence. You know, when I got here, let me tell you a little about California. I got here in 1972. Ronald Reagan was governor. I had just been kicked out of, uh, 
kicked out of Ohio and Missouri because those places are full of open, genuine, helpful, happy, friendly people. And I just didn't fit in. I knew I had to be in California. And uh, first of all, California is beautiful. Like today is beautiful. There's not a cloud in the sky. So some, uh, uh, you know, Blackhawk helicopters fly by. It's very nice. But a light wind. It's 66 degrees, which here is called a light frost. Uh, I'm in cargo shorts, but again, I'm always in cargo shorts, uh, including at church. I literally have a, a, a formal Sunday wear of cargo shorts, um, which reminds me, I got to start going back to church because we we stopped when everyone was wearing masks. And I was like, OK, I'm not wearing a mask. God's going to forgive me because this is blasphemy. I'm not wearing a mask. And I don't know if they're wearing a mask anymore. So I am back. Anyway. OK. Anyway, got to California. And uh, California was the land of opportunity. You could do things here. You could start a business, start a company, make things happen. It was uh, just a great and exciting place. And the government was functional. I mean, the DMV always sucked. But, you know, the UC system, the California State University, these are good colleges. And you could get an education there. Uh, and, and fairly cheap. I did. I, I think I got, it was like 5,000 a quarter, 5,000 a year to go to UC San Diego, which is now like a top 10 school in America. But when I got in, you could be like a borderline mongoloid. And that was me. Uh, I like had F's in college. It was funny. I like, would I, I turned 18 in high school. No, not in college. I didn't have F's in college. I had A's in college. I had F's in high school. And because I turned 18. And when you turned 18, you could write your own note to get out of class. <clears throat> I was so lazy. I didn't even bother writing notes to get myself out of class when I cut class. So I just got like an F. I'm like, I don't care. I got admitted to UC San Diego on SAT scores alone. By the way, did you see the hilarious thing about the uh, Yale professor bragging about his SAT scores? Okay. I mean, they're, they're from like 1998 or something. Uh, mine are from like 1983. Okay, minor rules come back in the day. The SAT meant something. All right, prestidigitation is to magic as gumbo is to soup. You know that kind of shit. I don't know what any of that means. Um, but uh, anyway, I I tested into UC San Diego. They ignored my grades. They had to take me at the time, and they did take me. And then suddenly the reputation of UC San Diego like just goes through the roof. And I'm not fooled by credentialism. Okay, if you tell me oh, I went to Harvard, you know, so if you're like you know Ben Shapiro, uh, and you went to Harvard, it, I am un I am distinctly unimpressed. Let me tell you my Dartmouth story. Right, we hire lawyers. Okay. Lawyers apply to somebody say, I, I, I want to be, you know, a law clerk with you. I'm going to Dartmouth. I want to be a law clerk over the summer. We're like, all right, well, okay. You know, looked at the CV. Okay. Undergrad major, dance. Not sure how that applies to law, except for tap dancing, which applies heavily to law. Uh, so I'm like, you know, we're like, okay, come on in for a uh, interview at 1 p.m. on Thursday. Right. You know, here's our address. 1 p.m. comes, 1 p.m. goes, we get a call. I, I can't find the place. Okay. All right. Finally wanders in about 120. 
And we're like, eh, you know, it is kind of hard to park. You got to get around the building and then down in the parking lot. And, you know, not exactly demonstrating a lot of problem-solving capability, but whatever. And I think a couple of us talked to her. but uh, We had one other partner who needed to talk to her, right? So, been late one. Other partner. Our partner taketh no shitteth. This gal, 1 o'clock Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it was supposed to be there, she's not there. I'm like, hey, uh. Where's your uh, where's your one o'clock interview? She's not here. I was like, ooh, that's bad. She's oh yes, that's bad. And um, you know, I wasn't super impressed by her. I thought she had a little bit of an attitude, you know, for a fucking dance major. But okay, whatever. You know, you don't want a lot. You don't want shrinking violet lawyers. You want a bit of an egomaniac in lawyers. I mean, nobody's ever come up to me and go, Kurt. I'm looking for a modest lawyer who's really not that impressed with himself. I've literally never had that ever happen. They're like, I want an ass kicker, or ass kisser, ass kicker who ripped the throat out of my, uh, you know, my opponent. Like, it came to the right place. So anyway, uh, like one seventeen or something, this chick knocks on our door. And my partner goes up and goes, hi, well, I'm here for the interview. No, you're not. You're done. We're not interviewing you. You're late twice. If I had been here the first time, you wouldn't have been in. We wouldn't have interviewed you. You're gone. But, but, but I went to Dartmouth. Slam. Not impressed. And the thing is, you know, there's, there's really two, there's a couple kinds of law schools. There's the, you know, fancy law schools, the Harvards and stuff. UCLA is the fancy law school in um, Los Angeles. Very theoretical. And you end up going largely to large firms. Okay often don't end up in trial work. And then there's the kind of, and then there's kind of the lower rent law schools. And then, you know, they, they put out guys who kind of fill out the roster. The middle middle tier law schools, like the one I went to, I went to Loyola, they put out the trial lawyers. Because a lot of these guys work for a living or worked when they went to law school or, uh, but you had to have better grades. I mean, Loyola required, you know, better grades than Jeff's school of law. There's literally a Jefferson School of Law in LA uh, or California. Um, so you had to, you know, you had to, you had to have a brain, but you know, it was more work. There, there were rich kids who couldn't get into USC. USC was the school rich kids went to, but Loyola was a school you got trial lawyers out of it, and that's why I had a big trial advocacy program. And it was, you know, it was kind of the street lawyers. And a lot of the judges were Loyola, too. Uh, so Loyola's got a good reputation, you know, in Southern California as generating, you know, trial lawyers. And a lot of the best trial lawyers come out of uh, Loyola. Um, am I one of them? Well, ask my client. Oh, wait, you don't know who they are because I don't talk about who they are. You know, Ben Shapiro is my client in the Clockboy case. I just really don't talk. I, I never talk about it. Uh, the uh, kind of higher profile stuff I often send off to like Harmeet Dillon and Ron Coleman. You've probably seen those guys on Twitter. They're tremendous lawyers and they do a lot of stuff that's very in the public eye. My stuff's always kind of behind. That's why you never see me talking much about law. I'll say, oh, I just want a trial or something. I don't really talk about it because it's all kind of routine -y stuff. Somebody has a regular kind of businessy dispute. That's the kind of stuff I handle. Uh, occasionally, you know, and I handle do that for conservatives and stuff or, you know, terrible injury or something. I'll represent somebody. But, uh, 
you know, so my 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 legal background though does help. Uh and it and it helped when I got in a fight with Jenna Ellis. I didn't really get in a fight. I get along fine with Jenna Ellis. She's the president's lawyer, remember? She now America's lawyer on Newsmax, which well, okay. Um she tweets out, I think this, you know, some along the lines, I think it's terrible what Ron DeSantis is doing uh with Disney and Di- and Disney, if you want to hire me, I'll help you out. Yeah, because I'm sure Disney's going to hire Donald Trump's former lawyer. I'm sure that will go over freaking great with the blue-haired, nose-ringed weirdo class that got Disney to come on and stomp on Pluto um, by uh, intervening in the anti-perversion, anti-groomer bill controversy. So I'm not sure they're going to hire Jen. But anyway, Jen and I got into this fight. And you should read my town hall piece on that fight. It's very long. It's like 1,500 words uh, about why I think it is absolutely okay for uh, Ron DeSantis and the Florida Republicans to take unholy vengeance on woke corporations that cross them. And I think one thing that you've got to remember, you will hear a lot of people say, well, it's the First Amendment. You wouldn't like it if, you know, if the liberals would uh, uh, treat you, liberal governments would treat you differently for expressing your viewpoints. I have two responses. The first is, have you been freaking awake for the last 20 years? Because that shit's already happened. That's it's going on. It's been, it's already happening. The other point is, that's not what's going on here. This was not simply because Disney said our corporate point of view on this incident issue of public uh, uh, controversy is uh, against the Republicans, and that didn't drive the Republicans to say, "Oh yeah, now you're now we're after you." Okay, by by constraining it to that narrow allegation. You do make a better a better First Amendment case. Well, they're simply expressing expressing their opinion, and because they're expressing their opinion, the Republicans uh, took away a benefit that they had granted absolutely no one else. Now, let's leave aside whether it was a good idea or bad idea to grant that in the first place. Uh, by narrowing the focus of the question, that is, should Republicans be able to? retaliate against corporations that express views they don't like. That, that, is, that is a more favorable posture of the question for the left than the actual question, which is, if you have a woke corporation that is broadly initiating a cultural and political offensive against normal people at all levels, both by donating to Democrats and by going ahead and using its massive cultural power to brainwash kids, which is what they're doing. And the, the Zoom calls where like, I'm queering Disney as much as I can. Okay, not all right. Not okay. You don't get to go in and undermine parents' authority. But they're saying, yeah, we're going to do that. And we are supposed to not fight that. We're supposed to just go, oh, okay. Well, you know, our principles say we can't use political power because that's really all we have. Now, some people go, whoa, you can have a boycott. Ah, sure, I can have a boycott. 
I could walk around in front of Disneyland, the big freaking sign. And you know what it would mean? Squat. When a lawyer calls, uh, you know, somebody, somebody calls me in a case and goes, I'm going to protest your client. I'm going to call Action News. I'm going to call the Consumer Avenger. All I say is, you do that. No one cares. Because no one does. And Disney knows it is immune to our anger. And our kids are going to sneak the Disney. They love the Disney. Disney's kid crack. Okay? It's like fire up a bowl of Disney. Inhale. And then just lie there and mumble, I can be a girl if I decide I don't like my penis anymore. That's that's what can happen, and that's what will happen. But that's not what's happened in this issue. Okay? It is a widespread cultural attack. How do we fight back? Well, you're not allowed to use your political power. Why not? Because, A, Disney's using it. Do you think Dis Disney gives millions to politicians? Who then vote Disney's way? So Disney can affect politics by using its economic power and its political power and its cultural power. And yet we're morally barred from using the one power that we have that's really super effective, which is political power. Look at Ron DeSantis. He can use his political, he, he, he used political power and they'll go, well, you can't do that. And of course, the conservative, you can't do that. And there, look, there are conservatives saying that in good faith. Look, there are sissies like Ichabod Lame, you know, uh, uh, David French, and of course, Jonah Goldberg, that fat piece of crap, and other, you know, instances of human turd who are doing that because they are invertebrate sissies who only feel comfortable losing. But there are people in good faith going, you know, I'm not sure I like this road. I, I'm not sure we should use our political power against our political enemies uh, because they oppose us. Uh, to which I say, well, okay, noted. Now, and that's a good faith thing. And it, look, you can have gangster government. Look at Chicago. You can have gangster. It's not a crazy to go, well, if we just use political power to punish our enemies and reward our friends, what do we become? Well, you, you could become Chicago. That's not what's at stake here, though. We're not asking for you to pay us off and give us bribes and, uh, you know, collaborate in the complete destruction of American society. No, 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 no. We're not asking for that. Instead, we are asking. Well, we're not asking anymore. We're, we're demanding that you not launch a cultural war on us and our kids. And my question is, what's your alternative? What are you going to do instead? What are you going to do instead of use your political power to fight these guys? What, how are you going to stop these woke corporations? Because Disney's trying to change our country into something we don't want, right? Yes. How do you propose to fight that? Well, we could boycott them. No, not going to work. Well, we could do nothing and hope hope that hope that works. No, see, we've tried this shit for twenty years. I can give you a track record of what their plan gets you. Okay, it's not like well, we, you know, we should give doing nothing a shot. No, no, no. We 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 know what happens. We we know exactly how this turns out. We know the punchline. Spoiler alert. Look around you. This is what happens when we don't use our power. So provide me another option. Okay, you've taken using our political power off the table. Understood. 
you you've also disqualified doing nothing because we've seen how that works out. What is your third way? What is the option there that will square with your precious principles and will keep us from becoming serfs to a giant non-binary gender fluid dictatorship of the weirdetariat? What is your plan? What is the answer? Well, you know, I just know you're wrong. Well, it doesn't freaking work for me or anybody else or the voters of Florida. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah, one of my other favorite things is when they go, well, you know, smart conservatives who will buy magic beans every fucking time. Well, now you've placed $163 million of taxes off of Disney onto the people of Osceola County and Orange County in Florida. And it's like, all right, time out. Do you imagine in any way, shape, or form that Disney would go this crazy, fighting back a change that would cut their taxes by $163 million a year? Does that, yeah, are they, are they fighting really hard for the chance to write a check? For 163 extra million a year. Does that sound like something that's actually going to happen? Or does it sound like the kind of bullshit meme that you hear uh, Maddow and the rest of the uh, borderline morons spewing all the time? What do you think? Do you think, do you think, it, does that, does that pass the, the test? It does not. Anyway. I think I've talked. I see. I look. I got off on this thing. It's talking about Jen Ellis. We, you know, we we fought out on t- and Jen, Jer- uh, Jeremy Boring came along, and we had a we had a very uh, dignified debate. And I didn't attack Jenna personally. I'm a lawyer. I don't take people disagreeing with me personally. I'm a lawyer. That's how lawyers work. Every single time I deal with another lawyer, the other lawyer looks at things differently than I do. So I don't take it personally. You, you, but I, I do think that you guys have to make a choice. As conservatives, what is your choice? Do you want, do you choose to submit? Because that's, I mean, come on. You, you have to understand and accept the consequences of the action that you are advocating. If you're advocating, let's do more of the same which is not use our political power, fine. You are advocating for total cultural defeat and America turning into a, a sexually confused nightmare hellscape. That is that is your choice. So if that's what you're for, I want you to come out and say it. If you're like me saying, fuck it, let's fight and see what happens. Maybe we win, maybe we lose. But I know if we don't do shit, we lose. You know, that's my point of view. So you guys choose one or come up with a third way. Keep asking for a third way. Never see one. So it's basically either fight or get fucked. I'll, I'll stick with fighting. This is Kurt Schlichter, Unredacted. I want you all to go out and get my new book. Pre-order it. We'll be back. The Fall and Rise of America. Come on, do it. All right. If you don't, Regnery's not going to release my family. I need you to get the Kelly Turnbull books of conservative uh, action thrillers. They're a lot of fun. I need you to go to my on locals page, 
if you get in there, everything Kurt is right there. So you get all my stuff because I post everything I do and other people post cool shit and it's awesome. And um, stick around here at Town Hall VIP. You get my stream of courteousness every Friday. A lot more swearing, a lot more aggressive. And read my columns every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, Tuesday night, was it the 26th? April 26th, I will host for the great Hugh Hewitt again, which is always a lot of fun. Okay, so join me back next week. I am hoping to work with my team so I can figure the fuck out how to get two people on here by phone so I can record that okay, because I am uh, I am the technology what Brian Stelter is to not being a potato. Not so good. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Bye.